Acts 11, uh, verses 1 to 4, and then skip ahead to 15. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. And skipping ahead to 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the grace of God, what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Good evening again. Um, If you've forgotten in the last five minutes, my name is Dave. Um, Please pray with me as we come to God's word. Lord, we ask that you open our hearts tonight um, as we hear from your word. Uh, please be speaking to us. Please be showing us your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Greta Thunberg, the Swedish environmental activist, began making headlines at just the age of 15 when she started protesting outside the Swedish parliament, advocating for students to strike for climate. Thunberg rose to international status and her face has become recognised across the world. Greta clearly has a conviction that climate change is real and that something needs to be done about it. In 2019, in a speech at the World Economic Forum, she put it like this, I want you to act. I want you to act as you would in a crisis. I want you to act as if the house was on fire, because it is. Greta believes the house is on fire. And what does she say? I want you to act. In Greta's view, there's no room for anyone just to sit back, do nothing, and watch the house burn down. And don't worry, I'm not here tonight to convince you on climate change one way or the other. But, excuse me, as we come to tonight's passage, there's a question that needs answering. 
because there are some truths which are so significant that it means that we need to act. The book of Acts has shown us that Jesus is for everyone. <clears throat> Today, sorry, the book of Acts has shown us that Jesus is for everyone. So what? Well, today we're going to be thinking about three answers to that question. The first answer to the question that Jesus is for everyone, so what, is that we must rejoice. In Acts verse 11, in Acts chapter 11 verse 1, we are told that the apostles and the believers throughout Judea had heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. If you remember back to last week in Acts chapter 10, Peter has a vision where God declares all people clean. He travels to, Peter travels to Cornelius' house and he sees the Holy Spirit come on the Gentiles for the first time. Now, this news is spread back to Jerusalem and the circumcised believers are shocked. They can't believe that Peter, a leader of the circumcised believers, would have entered the house of a Gentile and ate with them. Look what happens in verse 3 when Peter arrives in Jerusalem. What do the crowd do? They criticize him. They say to Peter, You went into the house of an uncircumcised me- of uncircumcised men and ate with them? You can just imagine the disbelief in their voices. We thought you were one of us, Peter. How could you have done this? <laughs> Let's quickly put ourselves in the shoes of these Jewish believers for a second. For us, hearing that the Gentiles have received the word of God, probably isn't that shocking. For most of us, we probably wouldn't be sitting here today if if that wasn't the case. But maybe it was like that time when it was reported that Kanye West had become a Christian. Kanye, an American rapper, singer, songwriter, extremely successful, but whose music was incredibly inappropriate. It was often blasphemous. In fact, he would paint himself as some kind of God. But in 2019, it was announced that Kanye had become a Christian. I think most people immediately went, no way is that true. This is just a publicity stunt. Kanye then went on to release his new album titled Jesus is King. No longer, no longer was Kanye proclaiming himself, but Jesus. Now, obviously, there has been a lot of controversy about Kanye since then. But I think the point is that for a lot of people, our immediate reaction to the news that Kanye had become a Christian was, there's no way. We're just like the crowd. They hear that the Gentiles have received the word of God. Our reaction is skepticism, critique, judgment. So here's Peter being criticised by the crowd. And verse 4 tells us, he starts from the beginning and tells them the whole story. Perhaps at this point you're thinking, this sounds pretty familiar, didn't we hear this last week? In Acts chapter 10, we've heard about Peter's vision. We hear about him travelling to Cornelius' house. We hear about the Holy Spirit coming on the Gentiles. And here in chapter 11, we have an almost exact recount of this same story. But this time, Peter telling the crowd the story. Why the repetition? Well, I think it's because this news changes something. This news changes something for those circumcised believers in the crowd. Something significant has happened in chapter 10 and people need to hear about it. 
As the crowd listens to Peter's story, something incredible happens. Look at verse 15 to 18. This is Peter speaking. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objection and praised God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles God has granted repentance that leads to life. The crowd celebrates this good news, the news that God has brought people to him. They've been turned from their criticism and now they're rejoicing. I wonder if this is our genuine reaction to hearing stories about God working. Are we truly captured by the lives that are being transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit? I think it's so easy for us to be apathetic to the miracle that someone has been brought from death to life by the news of the gospel. The news of someone turning to Jesus in repentance and faith should have a celebrating, rejoicing as God's people that he has brought someone to him. But instead, I think we are often so focused on ourselves, our own desires. Church becomes about what we want. I wonder how often you look around here at Wollongong Baptist Church with joy and rejoicing. How often do you spend time reflecting on the fruit that our ministries are bearing, the lives that are being changed and are being transformed because of the gospel being proclaimed? Luke chapter 15 verse 10 tells us, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Something I love hearing is people's testimonies about when they first came to understand the gospel. Uh, and tonight's a really special night because we're actually going to be doing that. Um, as David shares with us, um, how Jesus has rescued him. As we listen to people's testimonies, I wonder if we feel that joy, that rejoicing about what God has done. I think sometimes as we listen to testimonies, we almost start ranking them on how amazing they are. We love stories of dramatic conversion, people on the road to ruin, but God intervenes. I know for myself, I've sometimes described my testimony as boring. I think that as soon as I say those words, I grew up in a Christian family. People might not be that interested. But instead, we should celebrate. We should rejoice in every testimony for the miracles that they are. God has brought a sinner to him and granted eternal life. Let's celebrate with David tonight as he gets baptized, symbolizing that God has granted him repentance that leads to life in Jesus. And let's pray that God will use Kanye's story to bring many to hear about Jesus through his music. It might be a good thing to ask people to share their testimony with you. Celebrate with them how God has worked in their lives. Ask God to give you that joy to see the miracle that all testimonies are, not just those that seem unbelievable. Because as we will see in the second half of our chapter, it is this joy in transformed lives that will give us the drive to share the news of Jesus, which brings us to a second answer to our question. The book of Acts has shown that Jesus is for everyone. So what? 
Well, because Jesus is for everyone, we must share him with everyone. In the second half of Acts chapter 11, we shift gears. We go from Peter's account to the crowd. And now we hear about the spread of the church out of Jerusalem. Way back in chapter 7 of Acts, we hear about the stoning of Stephen, a man who was killed because of his faith in Jesus. And then in chapter 8, we see that there is great persecution of the church in Jerusalem. Jesus' followers are scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. This is where verse 19 of chapter 11 picks up, from verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. It's a good time to stop here and consider what's going on. It seems like disaster has struck. Stephen stood up for his faith and he's been killed for it. Christians in Jerusalem are being dragged to jail. They're being persecuted. Others are running for their lives. But what do they do? They spread the word about the Lord Jesus, that he has died in their place and that he has risen again, that all who believe in him will receive the forgiveness of sins through his name. Some only spread this news amongst the Jews, but we are also told that men from Cyprus and Cyrene go to Antioch and there they share the news of Jesus with the Greeks. That Jesus has died not only for the Jews, but that he has also died for them. And as a result, a great number of people believe and turn to the Lord. This truth that the news of Jesus is for all people has impacted these believers in a significant way. They're driven to share it. Even as they're scattered, even as, as they're driven out of Jerusalem, they cannot help but share it. You can imagine these are the people in verse 18 who are praising God that he has brought repentance even to the Gentiles. They've found such joy in the news that the gospel can save anyone, even though their own situation is terrible. They tell everyone about Jesus. If you're not a Christian here today, the Bible wants to say to you that this news of Jesus is also for you. It's not just for a certain group of people. There are no special requirements. But everyone who believes in the name of Jesus and repents of their sin will be accepted by him. And if you are a Christian here, I think this leaves us questioning ourselves. We read of these early Christians and their boldness in sharing with those around them. We wonder why is it so hard for us. So often I think we, wait into the, uh, we fall into the trap of waiting. We wait for the perfect situation. We wait days, weeks, months. Maybe we wait years as we build up the courage. There's voices in the back of our heads saying, I don't want to ruin my relationship with that person. We worry what people might think about us. Maybe we just want to fit in. Or maybe we come up with a plan. We come up with a strategy. We're going to play the long game. Now, don't hear me wrong. There is great wisdom and godly discernment. is good as we share the gospel with people. But I think that so often we end up doing nothing at all. The importance that the early Christians saw in sharing the news of Jesus is so evident 
The church is broken up. It's persecuted. They're fleeing. Yet they travel and they share this news. One of the most impactful books I've read in the last few years is Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. Incidentally, Kevin DeYoung is uh, he's also the author of our book of the term, The Hole in Our Holiness. The book Just Do Something speaks into the mistaken idea that we easily fall into, that before we do anything, first we need to figure out what God's will is for our life. We need to work out what the perfect job will be, where we should live, what relationships we should have. And then once we've worked everything out, then we can get on with doing what God wants us to do. Well, DeYoung counters this idea very strongly in his book. He says, If we had done something, almost anything really, faithfully and humbly for God's glory, for all of that time, we could have made quite an impact. But if we do nothing, because we are always trying to figure out the perfect something, when it comes time to show what we did for the Lord, we will have nothing. I don't know about you, but I find these words from DeYoung quite confronting as I consider all of the opportunities every day that I could have chosen to do something, but yet I chose to do nothing. These early Christians in Acts were definitely not in the perfect position to be sharing the gospel. I mean, who could blame them if they just kept their heads down, let things cool off a little bit, go under the radar? It's so easy to think that in our lives we're in a place that God might not be interested in. Maybe you're at high school. Your attitude is that while you're at school, God isn't going to work through me. That's for the future as I go to uni or as I find a job. Maybe you're in a job where you feel like it's not even worth talking with your colleagues about Jesus. They're they won't be interested. Maybe you're a mum who is at home with the kids. It's so hard to find the time, so hard to find people to share the news with. Maybe you're retired. The hard work is done. It's time to enjoy life. Well, let me encourage you. We need to look for these opportunities to share Jesus with people. Maybe think right now about a conversation you could have after the service a person you could encourage, a person you could pray with. Think about someone you could talk about Jesus with during the week. Take those opportunities because if we sit around and wait for the perfect moment, it will be too late. I think it can be easy to become overwhelmed with this task, but God is working and we see that he is bringing people to himself. As we meet together tonight, Consider how amazing it is that many of us are sitting here because of these Christians in the book of Acts. They believe that the, the, truth that Je- the truth that Jesus is for everyone, even for the Gentiles, and they responded by spreading this news, and it has continued to spread for generations since. Take a moment to consider who shared the gospel with you. Who encouraged you to keep walking with Jesus? Who could it be that you share the gospel with? Who could you encourage in that walk with Jesus? For me, it's been different people uh, at different times in my life. Uh, First, it was my parents who told me about Jesus, and I am incredibly grateful to them. Then uh, when I went to uni, I started living for myself. I put God over here. I was doing what I wanted to do. 
But Matt Grant, um, who some of you may know, he gave up his lunch break in a job that he didn't like very much uh, to meet once a week with me. He asked me the hard questions, but more importantly, he showed me who Jesus is. I'm sure for Matt it would have been easier for him to just enjoy his lunch break rather than try to get through to someone like me. In fact, I asked him this morning and he said at times he was like, oh, this is, this is hard. <laughs> but when we're captured by the truth that Jesus is for everyone, we'll be glad to share him with anyone at every opportunity. And this brings me to a third and final answer to our question. If the book of Acts has shown us that Jesus is for everyone, so what? Well, if Jesus is for everyone, we must serve in cause of the gospel. We've read the news that uh, we, we have read that the news of Jesus has spread to Antioch. A great number of people, both Jews and Gentiles, have believed and turned to the Lord. This news has travelled back to Jerusalem, and this time, instead of the crowd questioning and criticising, something very different happens. From verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. There has been a change in these believers in Jerusalem. They have been convicted that Jesus is for all, and not only have they rejoiced in this news and travelled and shared this news, but now they send a man, a man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And what does he do? He arrives in Antioch and he sees everything that the grace of God has done. At this point, Barnabas could easily have headed back to Jerusalem. Uh, he could have said, well, things seem to be going pretty well here. But instead, he goes and finds Saul in Tarsus um, and they head back to Antioch and they spend a, a year there investing, teaching people about Jesus. The truth that God is for all people means something for Barnabas and Paul. They get up, they invest, they serve, even though things seem to be going pretty well. Maybe you're someone who could, uh, would be willing to do what Paul and Barnabas have done. Maybe you'd be willing to invest for a year or two in our church. Uh, that could look like doing MTS here, and if that's something that you're interested in, I would be more than happy to chat to you after the service. If it's not something as big as MTS, there are so many other ways to serve, commit, and invest. Because if Jesus is for everyone, then we need to consider how can we serve and support these people? How can we support those who've come into God's kingdom? From verse 27, we read about a prophecy that a severe famine will spread over the entire Roman world, which is in fact what happens. Verse 29 says, The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for brothers and sisters living in Judea. What we read here is amazing. What a wonderful instinct that God's grace has generated in these believers. They've received the grace, received the grace of God 
And now, in response, they give of themselves for the sake of their brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the truth that Jesus is for all people seen in action. We have also freely received this gift of God's grace, and we shouldn't help but let this overflow as we serve his people. Such a joy being part of this community here at Wollongong Baptist Church. I've been reflecting over the last couple of weeks that serving here is so much more than just being on a roster because a job needs to be done. I think it's much, much bigger than that. We serve in cause of the gospel. Food provided every Sunday encourages people to hang around and chat, encouraging each other, having conversations about Jesus, and it tastes good too. How awesome is it as you're having these conversations that people will come and take your dishes to wash them up for you so that you can continue talking to that person? How many kids and youth have heard the news of the gospel because of the faithful service of kids and youth leaders over many years? How many people have heard the gospel preached because of the service of people on the tech desk each week? How many people have seen the love of Jesus as they are welcomed at the door? How many people have been encouraged in their faith through people serving in the music team? There are so many other ways that people are serving and investing here at WBC, both formally and informally. Let me encourage you, it is for the sake of the gospel, through what you do, God is being glorified. And if you're not serving, perhaps you could consider what you are able to give. Maybe you need to give something up so that you are able to invest into our church. It's such a joy to be in this community of God's people where we care for each other, where we serve each other, where we encourage each other. So let each of us do as we are able. Jesus is for everyone. So what? Well, just like Greta's petition, that if the house is on fire because of climate change, everyone needs to get up and do something. The truth that the news of Jesus is for everyone means that we need to do something about it. This news should have us rejoicing, rejoicing in the lives changed and transformed because of it. We should be sharing this news because it is the greatest news of all that he is for all people. And we need to serve our brothers and sisters because Jesus is for them and because Jesus is for you. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you so much for this news that Jesus is for all people. Please give us joy in this news. Please help us celebrate as we see the lives that have been transformed. Please help us share this news with everyone. Help us in every opportunity to speak of your son. And help us to serve. Please show us ways that we can serve in cause of the gospel. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.